longing. Who here has ever longed for something? Yeah, I think we all have. I have also. I remember when I was a kid, and we grew up, we, every year, every summer, we took a day vacation down to Cincinnati to Kings Island. And I would always, in the weeks ahead of time, the longing inside of me would increase and increase until I got there. And when I got there, I'd just go crazy, run throughout the park, and get as much fun and as much food in me as possible. Pizza and coney dogs and roller coasters, cotton candy and popcorn and roller coasters, and on the day would go. I remember once, it was at the end of the day, it looked like it was going to end up being the end of the day, my last ride. Um, I went to, um, and I dragged my sister onto that ride that goes around and around and around like a centrifuge, you know, right? And, 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 and you're up against this wall, and all of a sudden the floor drops, and you're just hanging, you know, by the G-forces on the wall. Well, that, that ride is from the devil. Because <laughs> we're going round and round and round, all of a sudden something is going on inside of me, and it, and it ain't right, you know? And all that food and fun makes its way up and out. But not on me, on everyone behind me. My sister and everyone next to them, right? At the end of that ride, they shut it down, and I am banned for life from that ride. I found out from a parishioner we were comparing dates, and it was right around that time that that ride closed forever. So I think I was the result of that. Here's my question. Is it good for us that everything that we long for in this life, all the things that we long for, good and bad, and even longing for God to have him fully, is that good for us in this life? I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to think about something that you're longing for or have longed for in the past. Maybe it's something that eventually got filled or faded away or something that's really deeply you're longing for right now. It could be, uh, you know, about your children or grandchildren. It could be about a job, that, this perfect job you want, or you want it to be better, or the, the house, it's just not right and you want it to be better. Or it could be about your health. It could be simply about having happiness. Take some time to think about that. And as you do that, I want you to, I want you to remember the aching in your heart for that thing that you long for to be fulfilled. Go ahead and open your eyes. I'm not going to ask you what it is that you've longed for. But what you just experienced is just a little taste of what the Jews experienced for hundreds of years as they longed for their Messiah.
We got a little taste of it because their longing was much longer and wider and deeper and it ached all the time. Especially when you consider the background. First of all, that God, over and over through the prophets, as the Jews are going just through some terrible things in their lives, he comes to them and he promises and he renews his promise and renews his promise that he is going to send a Messiah, a Redeemer, a Savior. Now, I know the Jews had all kinds of ideas by the time Jesus came of who the Messiah was. Some of them were right and some of them were not right. But they longed for the Messiah, a deliverer, one who would make it right. And that background is a difficult one because the Jews, as we know from the history, man, they went from nation after nation after nation occupying them. You could gain just some perspective if a foreign power came into our nation and took us over and suppressed every aspect of our lives and just changed everything that was normal to us. And we lived our lives longing for deliverance. And God was saying, I'm going to deliver you. And we raised our children with that. And all they've ever known is we want deliverance from this foreign power, only to find another foreign power that comes in and replaces that one, and then another one that comes in and replaces that. Can you imagine living like that and raising families in that? That's what the Jews were experiencing. This longing. And it almost, it almost seems cruel that generation after generation was raised with that longing and died with that longing unfulfilled. Almost seems cruel. Except for when you look at the outcome. The outcome was that the Jews were raised up with this razor-sharp longing for the Messiah. They longed for God more than any other thing in this world. There wasn't a day that they didn't think about God, pray to God. Even in the midst of their troubles, praise and thanks God and worship God. And the result was that they remained close to God throughout their lives. But it doesn't end there. Even though they died without God fulfilling that longing, because they had it, we learned from Peter in one of his letters in the New Testament, that when Jesus Christ, the Messiah, died, he went down to the abode of the dead and he encountered those who had gone before him and those who were longing for the Messiah finally had what they longed for delivered. And when Jesus rose again and ascended in heaven, they all came into heaven and he fulfilled all of their longings. Here's the problem. The problem today with some people in our world, and maybe even some of our Christians, maybe even some of us here today, is that we have forgotten how to long for God. I mean, there's some of us that will go through a day and we don't even think about God. And maybe, maybe at the end of the day, we realize that. And we end with a night prayer. But maybe also we go through that day and don't realize it 
and we have finished our day and put our head upon a bed and a pillow, and we never once thought about God that day. And maybe there's some of us that go through days like that, or weeks or months like that. And we certainly probably know people that are close to us and who are dearly loved by us who go for years without longing for God. And that's a problem. What to do with that? I think we get our answer here in today's gospel in Luke 3. Not from Jesus, but from John the Baptist. Remember that John the Baptist is the last of all the prophets. He's also, like all the Jews, spending his entire life longing for the Messiah. Now, we know he knows who the Messiah is. It's Jesus, his cousin. But could you imagine him spending his 33 years in this world waiting for his cousin, Jesus Christ, to finally fulfill the reasons why God sent him into this world and longing and aching for that Messiah to be a Messiah and to do what it is that God sent him to do. There wasn't a day in John's life when he didn't think about God and his promises. When he didn't think about the Messiah and long and, and, and have a passionate desire for God to bring fulfillment to his people. And in fact, that's what kept John close to God. And it's what kept him from dispersing his longings among all of the things and the activities of this world that we can set and do set our hearts upon. And here's the other thing. Even though John the Baptist died before he saw the fulfillment of what he longed for, because he longed for that, he discovered why he was in this world, what his purpose was, and he was able to fulfill it. He heralded the coming of the Messiah. He prepared the way for the coming of the Messiah simply because he longed for that Messiah. And the same can happen for you and I, who sometimes go for our days not longing for him and go through life forgetting to long for him and setting our hearts on all kinds of other things that we long for, good and bad. Listen, listen to what John says to that situation. He himself draws upon two other prophets and it's a prayer for him. It's a lived, experienced prayer for him. He first draws upon Messiah. And he says, yes, he's saying this to you, but this is coming from his own life. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight a path that leads to him. And then he draws from Baruch. And he says, fill in every valley and tear down every mountain. And if you do then in your flesh you will see the Son of God. In your flesh, he says, this is, he says, in your flesh you will see the salvation of God. 
John lived this prayer. So let's break it down. Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight a path that leads to Him. What he's saying is have that razor sharp, uninterrupted, unobstructed view of God in your life every day. And the way that you prepare a way for Him and make a straight path for you to go to Him and for Him to get to you is to allow Him to fill in every valley in your life. Because here, we go through hard times in our lives. All kinds of hard times in our lives and the lives of our loved ones. And it can lead to sadness and depression and all kinds of other darkness. And it can also be the temptation for us to exit a relationship with God because God is not fulfilling everything that I set my heart upon. And he's saying, let God fill in those valleys with his presence even if he doesn't fulfill what it is that we're longing for. And then what that does is makes a level path by which we can get to God and God can get to us. But then he doesn't stop there. He says, and let every mountain that we are on, because mountain experiences are when everything is going hunky-dory in our lives and we're up on this mountain and we don't ever want to, we get stuck on the mountain. And we want all of life just to be filled with only goodness. And what we end up doing in that mountain experience is that we go from one thing to the next that satisfies us temporarily, and then we go to the next thing that satisfies us, and the next thing that satisfies us, and the next thing that satisfies us. It could be Netflix shows. It could be Amazon Prime shows. It could be our video game. It could be this person. It could be this activity. And we just spend our lives distracted from the one thing that we should be longing for most and we get temporary satisfactions and we end up never longing for anything really significant in this life. And what John the Baptist is saying is, God, tear those mountains down if you have to. Those highs in life where I get stuck and make a level playing field that leads me to you and me and, and you to me. And then, then the kicker. And John says, then you will see the salvation of God in your flesh. What does he mean there? He's, he's, this, he's, he's, he's saying, even then before you die, because you live your life this way, then you will see God come into your sorrows and your hopes and your dreams and your struggles and your sufferings. And you will see God come into your victories and, 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 and all of the pleasantries of life and, and all that is good in our lives. And in the midst of that, you won't forget him. You'll praise him. You'll thank him. You'll, you'll, um, you'll worship him in the highs and the lows of life, they will be a level playing field that will lead you to God. And more and more throughout your life, you will long for him. Because here's the part. Because in every one of them, he will not totally fulfill you. And he will not totally fulfill the things that you're longing for. Because that's the stuff that keeps your heart upon him. And here's the other part that we learn about John. 
and therefore for our own lives. When we live our lives always longing for Him, then we will become the persons that God created us to be. Just like St. John the Baptist. And before we die, we will fulfill the purposes for which God brought us into this world. And not despite our longings, but because of our longings. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight a path that leads to Him. Allow Him to fill in the valleys and knock down the mountains. And then you will see in your flesh the salvation of God. And then in your death, when He comes to you, He will see that you long for Him all your life. And that, through His grace and what you've longed for, will be fulfilled for all of eternity. That's how we get into heaven.